Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Will Rind, who is the founder and CEO of Granite Shares, which is an entrepreneurial ETF provider focused on providing investors with innovative, cutting-edge investment solutions. Will has built and managed businesses in the ETF market for almost his entire career and held positions at firms such as iShares World. World Gold Council and ETF Securities, well as regularly featured in media outlets such as Fox, CNBC, Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal, and Barron's. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jen. Really nice to be on. Thank you. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure having you. I thought I'd ask, uh, I always like to ask this question to everyone because 2020 is quite an interesting year. How have you adjusted to the new normal? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, surprisingly well, I think. Uh, for me, the challenge, um, for the most part, has been working from home, you know, like everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's not because um, it's not because we couldn't or um, didn't know really how to do that from a technological perspective. That's not the issue. It's just that from a cultural perspective, you know, mm. we are financial services business, um, and therefore, from a financial services perspective, culturally, we've always been in the office, and that's what we're used right. to. So, you know, working from home um, was, a, was a bit of an adjustment for us, but we were lucky, obviously, that our market, our business remained open um, through that time. So despite the fact we're working from home, um, the business that we're in remained open. Um, and so obviously that was a positive. And now, as you may tell from the background, we're actually back in the office. So okay. um, we have sort of come, come full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm curious what that transition was like to go back in the office, because I imagine that there are probably some people who maybe got too used to working from home. (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, you know, in many ways, I think you've got to do whatever you can to feel some kind of sense of normalcy. Mm -hmm. I think normalcy for us was more, you know, getting back to a working uh, in-office environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working from home, you know, certainly had its positives. And I think, like I said, from us, it, it was really, it was no, no different from the business. Uh, and we didn't feel the difference. But I think getting back in the office has brought some sense of normalcy that we're kind of back to, um, back to something we're more familiar with. Yeah, I imagine it's probably, uh, now that you put it that way, it's probably a sense of relief for some people who have been dying for a sense of normalcy again. Yeah, I think I think that it's easier, you know, on you know some of us that you know have been doing this for a long time and maybe have you know families or other sort of commitments whereby working from home can be quite a nice change. But I think for the younger folks on the team, um, definitely it was something that I think they much more used to to working with other people and sort of crave that um, office environment or return to that office environment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, thank you for sharing a little bit about uh, your new normal. Um, and it sounds like it's a breath of fresh air to be back in the office. I want to get a little bit more into, let's dive into Granite Shares. Tell us a little bit about what it's about and who you work with. 
Yeah, sure. So we are an ETF company. Um, what ETF is, or the acronym stands for Exchange Traded Fund. So it's a type of investment fund, and it's an investment fund that you list on a stock exchange, and ordinary investors can buy and sell it uh, just like an ordinary share, you know, through their brokerage account. But it's become a really huge um, part of money management and the investment or asset management industry today. So it's now a six trillion dollar industry globally. Um, and really, it's kind of the new technology in the fund space. Mm-hmm. So we, as a money management firm, we just focus on this particular product because we feel like it's the best um, sort of overall solution for investors these days. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what we do at the company, we have three areas of expertise. We focus on diversification strategies. So those are the things that um, you know don't necessarily correlate with the stock market. So things like gold, for example. Um, we have income strategies, so providing people with with income or a high level of, of income. And then lastly, long-term capital growth, so a unique strategy that invests in the, the stock market for uh, the potential for long-term capital growth. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for breaking that down. Um, tell us a little bit more about the types of investors that work with you. Who are the ideal vet investors or the types of investors that are most attracted to working with Granite Shares? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, from our perspective, what we really focus on are um, what we call institutional investors. Um, those are financial advisors, probably for the most part, or wealth mm-hmm. managers. Um, but we are producing uh, exchange-traded funds that they then use in their portfolios. But the beauty of exchange-traded funds is, like I said, because they're listed on a stock exchange, they're accessible to everybody. So although we don't promote um, our ETFs to end investors directly. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, for end investors, you can buy them through your brokerage account just as easily as buying shares of Apple or any other popular company. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we as a business, we focus on financial advisors and other sort of wealth managers, other intermediaries. Mm, okay, that's understandable. So it's almost like uh, kind of doing B2B <laughs> in a sense, like going through exactly. the advisors who are going to exactly talk to the right. clientele. Um, awesome. Exactly well, I, right. I appreciate you elaborating on that. Uh, so, Will, you've been in business for over 20 years. Uh, I think that's something uh, worth talking about. How did you get in business to begin with? So I think probably just like um, majority of people who start a career in finance, it's fairly um, standard, I guess, at some level, whereby mm-hmm. um, where I'm probably you can tell from my accent, but I'm from the UK and you know, there's a graduate or there are graduate intake programs for the big investment firms, the big banks, you know, on a yearly basis. And so when I graduated um, university or college, uh, I applied for one of those schemes and was accepted to a Japanese investment bank um, called Nomura, still the largest Japanese investment bank um, today. So I just <laughs> went on a graduate scheme, sort of first job, knew nothing about it. Um, and really, that's how it started. And I ended up going into asset management after that. Um, and that's where I've remained the rest of my career, focusing on these exchange-traded funds. But probably um, a very similar journey to what most people would do in terms of coming out of college, applying for that first job, and applying um, that first job to like a big, uh, big bank or brokerage firm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And then you just kind of Yeah. So it sounds like it was really a progressive thing for you to end up being in business for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I I started working at a big, um, you know, asset manager. Uh, The the company 
today is called BlackRock. Um, that's how I learned, learned the business and then got more involved on the entrepreneurial side, kind of as I grew along working for a startup um, and then ultimately you know, starting my own business four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, really incredible. I'm curious to know for people that may be interested in um, walking in your shoes and doing what you do today. Um, and this is kind of me asking you uh, about what would you say, you know, to your former self, um, or what would you advise your former self um, getting into this industry uh, if you could do anything better? <laughs> you know, to to be. Uh, I mean, obviously, it seems like you're in a great place today. But if you could give your former self some advice, what would you give that person? Well, probably give my same, myself advice or the same advice I give to other people, which is typically don't wait. Um, and, you know, I think from my perspective, um, I think there's an argument to say I could have done what I'm doing earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, the financial services industry is one of the most highly regulated industries on the planet. And so mm-hmm. you have to develop a level of expertise and technical knowledge before you can start up your own firm because you're a regulated entity and you have to abide by you know very strict regulations and ultimately we manage money for a living that's that's a very serious undertaking that's not that's not something that that is sort of taken lightly so i think from that perspective you have to have expertise and takes time to build up expertise um but at the same time um what i always say to everybody else is that you know just kind of get on with it and there's no there's no need to sort of keep waiting for for some kind of level of um, you know, mastery that I think that once you have a decent grasp of what you're doing, um, it, it's, it's acceptable to, to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's that, um, I'm not sure if it was a name of the book, but a phrase called fail forward. Sometimes you just have to, um, as you can get all your ducks in the road to the best of your ability, get all the credentials, get, you know, get all the education, but ultimately you just have to dive in, um, and do it because the market will change. The market could change, you know, even, um, like as, as you dive in, you're like, Oh, great. Everything I learned is now obsolete. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think that's, that's also a really good point, which is that at the end of the day, learning about things um, only takes you so far. You have to actually do it yourself. And it's only when you're in real world situations, like when you're doing it for yourself, um, do, you really, uh, do you really learn? Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times they are situations that um, you have to figure out yourself. And it doesn't really matter um, sort of what you've learned in the past is that it's a new challenge, a new problem, and you have to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about Granite Shares? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're very visible. We're obviously a, a new kind of investment firm, so to speak. Um, so from an investing perspective, it's easy to find us. We're just at graniteshares.com. People can you know, come to the website, have a look at what we do, and obviously um, plenty of articles and things online about the services we offer. So if anyone has any questions, then obviously come, come and find us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm curious to know, uh, because you have been in this industry for quite a long time, um, and you're still in it today, what would you say you are most proud of uh, so far? And I mean, like I said, for as long as you've been in this and continue to be in this industry? Well, I think, you know, the the, the reason why um, I kind of got involved with exchange traded funds, and the reason why I'm still doing this, is I firmly believe that every investor should own uh, a basket, which is what we call a collection, but um, a collection of exchange traded funds, and every investor should be invested in them. Mm-hmm. And the reason is very, very simple, Jen, is that, that just like um, you know supermarkets and 
other things in other industries, uh, what the ETF has done for financial services is brought down the costs of investing massively. Mm. So you know, before ETFs, people used to buy mutual funds. And probably a lot of people are listening to this now own mutual funds. And mutual funds, think of them as like the old technology, mm-hmm. typically a lot more expensive uh, in terms of the fees that you pay, um, less transparent in terms of uh, being able to see the underlying and less liquid, meaning that you can't buy and sell them whenever you want. And so you know, the ETF is really that was that new vehicle, that new technology um, that came into the asset management space and sort of really disrupted um, the old guard. And so I've kept doing it because um, really I, I wholeheartedly believe um, in the product. You know, it's something that um, I believe that everybody should own. Uh, mm-hmm. And the reasons are very simple because it's very, very inexpensive. It's very liquid. You can buy and sell what you want, typically tax efficient um, and very transparent. It's all the things that investing should be. And that's why you get a lot of people like myself um, that are very passionate about the product and passionate about telling the story so that we get investors um, really excited about uh, investing again and putting you know, their savings, their money into products that are actually good for them. Yeah, I imagine uh, because my husband um, is also in financial services that a lot of the work he does is educating on the new, as you say, the new technology, like the new solutions. Um, And so I'm curious what maybe that mental block is for people who want to keep with the old guard or keep with like like the mutual funds or what they consider as stable and safe. There, there, I mean, it's, it's probably a subject for, for another conversation entirely because there are so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say this, that here, here's the positive. The positive is that the investor, the individual investors never had um, access to as much information as they do today. Mm-hmm. In other words, the internet has really kind of democratized the availability of information and good information for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so you're the level of awareness or understanding of what's out there, I think has never been as good as it is today. And that's empowering for people because people can look up, you know, what are mutual fund fees or mutual funds versus ETFs, or should I be buying individual stocks or versus different types of investment strategies? And for the most part, you can get good, really good, thoughtful kind of answers and education uh, on these particular ideas. And so from that perspective, you know, a lot of it is inertia. People don't know, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take long uh, for people to figure it out. But, but you know, they, this is something that is growing and growing every day, uh, every month, every year. I mean, when I started, you know, it was very nascent. And like I said, mm-hmm. it's grown to trillions of dollars in size over time. And that's just because um, people have realized and figured out that, you know, if you pay more for an investment, you know, that is all things being equal coming out of your return. And mm-hmm. so if you want a better return, a higher return, one of the most impactful ways that you can do that is by paying less. Um, and so you keep more of that money yourself. I mean, that's just common sense. Mm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why you know, people embrace and love this product so much. Yeah. And I can tell, uh, also tell just how passionate you are and why you've been in the industry for so long. I think just that desire to educate people on how to manage their money better um, and even educate uh, financial advisors on, you know, better options for their clientele. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so important for people because the industry is changing and, and, and it has, 
you know, maybe change is slower than we would like as insiders, but it is changing. I mean, gone are the days where, you know, financial advisors used to sell products to end clients purely because they got a fat, fat commission out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those days, I mean, there's still, there's still some of those around, but for the most part, you know, those are going away. Um, things are much more transparent, putting the client's interests first. Um, and, you know, that's all a good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, before we go, uh, and I feel like you have shared so much knowledge and advice and lessons already, even for our entrepreneurs. Do you have any par- any final parting thoughts you'd like to share with our entrepreneurs and small business owners listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur? Well, I think that um, one of the best pieces of advice that I can give is like, again, just get started. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that, um, you know, if you have an idea, if you have a vision is something that you're passionate about. Um, there's no reason to wait. And I think that uh, it's just something that, you know, when you're ready, you're ready to do that. You should have conviction. Um, but there's, there's nothing really to be gained by waiting. I think if you feel strongly about something, the best action to take is the action uh, that you take today. Well said. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And again, to our listeners, this is Will Rind, the founder and CEO of Granite Shares. You can learn more about him and his company at graniteshares.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.